You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Monica Shaw. And she's a seven-figure business coach who helps entrepreneurs build businesses that support their ideal lifestyle. After receiving her MBA from Kellogg School of Management and working in marketing for L'Oreal Paris, Monica left corporate to start her first business and then her second business, which is Revenue Breakthrough. Today, she takes her clients step-by-step through building, growing, and expanding their businesses. She combines her business acumen with her intuition and healing abilities to help her clients get unstuck, eliminate self-sabotage, and move through fear. She's also the author of Getting Rich, You're Doing It Backwards, and Pause, 52 Questions That Lead to More Money and More Time. Welcome to the show, Monica. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We're both from New York. You're from New York City, or you're living in New York City. I'm on the other side of the state in Buffalo. But we've both are, have weathered a pretty rough winter, and yes. we've come out the other side. So happy that spring is here, and and super excited that you're here because today we're going to talk about your revenue breakthrough system for, and it's going to focus in on kind of you know a little bit talking about your sales system, your lead gen system, and even some mindset transformations that you've helped your clients with where they've been able to see significant growth, right? So we're going to talk about your growth system on how you help clients. And But before we do that, give us a quick backstory. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got here. Take a minute or two, and then we're going to dive right in. Sure. So I started my company back in the day, and I had just worked at L'Oreal Paris and I was a brand manager at L'Oreal and I had gone to the Kellogg School of Management to get my MBA and entrepreneurship and finance. And I thought that I was really tough shit. I did. I thought I was going to like be able to leap into entrepreneurship and everything was going to be easy and fun. And within about 12 months of being $25,000 debt. And it was because I was investing in my business. It wasn't just due to the fact that I was like buying frivolous things. And what I, and it wasn't even so much the debt that got me upset and worried as much as the fact that I wasn't paying it off in a consistent way. And I find that businesses of all sizes, whether you are, you know, investing in your own money in your business or whether you've got a loan or an investor, that's always the biggest thing is, you know, how can I get to a profitability place and, and what, what is it going to take for me to get there? And for me, it was terrifying that I wasn't getting there as quickly as I wanted to. And what I ended up doing is doing everything I could to make money from, you know, selling things on eBay to cat sitting and dog walking and things that were bringing in small amounts of cash that I could sort of keep myself afloat while I was running this business. 
And it really got to a point where there was one particular day where I was in the subway and I had rented my apartment out for that week and I just hit rock bottom. And I got to the point where I was so tired of worrying about this making money piece in my business. And I gave myself a year to figure out how was, was I going to consistently, consistently and sustainably generate income in the business in a way where I could support myself on it and keep moving forward. And what I got clear on during that time was that I, like many of the entrepreneurs and small business folks I meet today, was focusing on everything but making money. Like I wasn't doing the right activities. I didn't have sales systems and processes. I was avoiding having sales conversations. And I was avoiding doing the activities that actually generated leads. And because of that, I was working on lots of little things like doing my email funnels and checking off emails and changing color and making brochures and advertising and doing all kinds of little things that I thought were the things that I should be doing in my business, but turned out actually to be a lot of busy work. And I wasn't contributing to the bottom line. So I was working twice as hard as I needed to be and making half as much money as I could. And that's why I find most entrepreneurs are today. They're literally working twice as hard as they need to be and making half as much money as they could because they're not focusing on the activities that actually generate money and generate money consistently. So what and for you, me, what, what for year, me, when what I year did was that, that? It, that was the year, it was 2005 and 2006 that I went through all of this. And, and then actually what ended up happening when I really got it was within a year when I really started to focus on the generating stuff, which is what we're going to talk about today, like the sales piece, the lead generation piece, I was able to pay off the $25,000 in debt in 12 months. And I crossed and I started generating more and more revenue every year. And within four years, I crossed the million dollar mark in my company. And now I focus on helping other business owners really figure out how are you going to make money, right? And, and then from there, being able to build a better lifestyle. Love it. Yeah. So I agree with you 100%. You mentioned something. When you have a new business owner, right, they get busy doing a lot of things, but the last thing they want to do in, in a lot of cases is have sales calls or be doing those income producing activities, right? You need to focus on things that are driving revenue. There's all kinds of busy work right? You can be working on your website. You can be doing graphic design. You can be you know, doing all kinds of stuff that is not a direct income producing activity. And you know, you'll go broke really fast, right? You'll get into debt really, really quick. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to unpack this for us today. But before we get into that, let's get a little bit micro into your business, right? Your business is called what, a Revenue Breakthrough, right? And your business is predominantly coaching, consulting in and around this topic. Absolutely. Yeah. I help business owners be able to look at where they're not making money in their businesses and then be able to double or triple their revenues. Gotcha. Okay, great. So let's talk about your business for a second in that I'd like to understand what's the number one strategy that you're using today to get new clients for your business. If you had to pick one and only one and you were going to double down on it, what would that be? Well, for me, the number one marketing activity that we do to generate new leads is live events. So I do multiple different kinds of live events every year. I actually do where I meet people in person and they get to learn and be with me. And then from there, 
they can either walk away and have great information from me, or they can decide to choose to work further with us as a company. So explain to me how that works, if you could. Give us a short version of that. So you, how do you make them aware of the live events and then funneling them into the live events? And then from there, what's the transition? So the our major event of the year is coming up. It's uh, May 16th through 18th, and it's called Master Your Money. And so that's a three-day live event. And during that event, I cover my entire signature system on making money and creating team and selling. And we start planning for that event about six to, well, probably eight months prior to the event. And the way that we we end up inviting people to the event or funneling people into, you know, registering for the event is, you know, one of the ways we do it is that I end up doing smaller events. So I would go to cities and speak for small entrepreneur groups or networking groups or meetup groups or associations or other sorts of entrepreneurial groups. And I'll be the speaker. And as a speaker, I will educate people on money or sales and then offer and have an offer where they can then come, you know, buy a ticket to the Master Your Money event and learn more with me. And that's one of the one of the funnels. A second funnel that we do is I do webinars. And and everything that I'm saying are like from speaking to doing webinars are are some of the best ways to actually get people to be interested to learn from you and to inspire them. And then from that inspiration, want to work further with you. And so I also do webinars where I educate about making money and our systems around that. And then we offer on the webinars as well, people can buy a ticket and come join and learn more with us if they're inspired to do so. Love it. I, that's, I think it's a perfect one-two punch, right? You've got webinars, which is virtual and very convenient for people at a distance, maybe people that you can't get to an event or you can't get to them. And on the other side, you know, the speaking is a lot more intimate and a lot more, you know, FaceTime and just, I think it's a great one-two punch. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, thank you for sharing that with us. Let's dive in because I think, you know, we've got a little bit of time here. We got a lot to cover. Let's talk to us a little bit about your system, this whole revenue breakthrough system that, you know, that we talked about in the pre-interview. I'd really love to unpack that for the audience. Sure. So there's two major pieces. And then if we have time, we'll get into the third. And the first major piece is sales, like actually doing sales conversations week in and week out and having a process around that sales piece. And the second is generating leads to turn into sales conversations. So the first piece of this is, okay, what does the system look like for sales for you? So if you're a business that most businesses I know, you know, and you're sort of at a mature level, you're doing, you know, pretty well in your business, you're going to have either you're doing the majority of sales, and you're thinking of bringing a salesperson on, or you have a salesperson or even a sales team that are doing the majority of sales. And so one of the things to really get clear on is how are you evaluating and their sales process and how are them and how are you improving close rates with your team? So one of the main ways is to make sure you're all using some sort of check-in mechanism for that. So if you're using a client relationship management software, the, a common one is Salesforce. But I find Salesforce to be somewhat confusing at times. So you may also want to do a simpler version. One that I like that a lot of teams use, even bigger teams I know, is called Less Annoying CRM. 
And essentially, it's making sure that every single, every quarter, every salesperson has a goal of how many sales they're closing in every different category, that you're checking in to see each week that there's a sales meeting each week, and that you're meeting with each of your salespeople individually, and that you're meeting with them as a group. What are their numbers look like? How many conversations did they have this week? Of those conversations, how many of them closed so that you know conversion rate for each salesperson, and then you know it for your entire team? And what objections is every salesperson seeing? And how are they handling those objections? And is there a way for you to share across the team? Like if one person has this objection, for you to be able to write up how that person is handling the objection and share it across all the members of your sales team so that every time an objection comes up, you're creating like objection database where people can go in there and read through you know, different objection pieces and be improving their sales process week to week so that conversion rates can go up. So key pieces there is to make sure that you as a person who's in charge are looking at numbers each week with each of your salespeople, that you're having meetings each week with each of your salespeople, and that you're see, like read through their conversation notes that you can kind of understand where they're going to have constant improvement in this process. Gotcha. So if I heard you correctly, there's a couple components to this. One, it's really important whether you're a solopreneur or you have a small team or you're looking to hire a team to have a CRM, some sort of repository for these this data and these conversations and and scheduling and workflows, right? That's one. And then secondly, if you do have a team, you got to have some sort of check-in, right? You have some sort of check-in with them, whether that be weekly or some period to try to make sure there's some accountability there and some coaching involved. And then the third one that I was really interested in that I thought was really interesting was building that knowledge base, right? So if they're running into hurdles or objections, or they've gathered some intelligence on maybe a competitor or whatever the case may be, you, you capture that intelligence, you capture that knowledge, and then you create a repository where other salespeople, you know, on the team or in the future can leverage that. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that's, you know, one additional piece to that repository is being able to work with your sales team to improve. So it could be that you're on the call and you close the sale and they listen to how you close the sale and then you record it. It could also be that you're on the call with them and you're listening to how they close the sale and then you record it. And that gets added to the repository so that when you have those people coming in, they can listen to pre-recorded calls as well. And that too is going to improve because ultimately I find that I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who have either one salesperson or multiple salespeople, or they're thinking about hiring salespeople because they'd like to offload this, but there's no repository of information. There's no recorded calls. There's no meetings. There's no structure. It's like you're trusting this person to take all this information and run with it. And you're hoping that they close, but it doesn't really work very well that way. Yeah, I agree. I think the repository is something that most sales teams, especially early on, ignore or don't understand or don't, you know, or just overlook. And so, how do you record those calls? I know that it sounded you, you brought up something really interesting. Maybe you're on the call with your salesperson and you're helping them close the sale or navigate some objection, what do you use to record those calls? Do you have something you recommend? 
I don't have a special software for it. I'm sure one exists out there. When I've done this with my team, we've just made it as simple as like having the person call into a conference line, you know, and then doing the recording from there or something like Zoom, you know, where they're calling into that. Right. But I do know that there is software out there that is like specialized us can like subscribe to. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. So anything else you want to add to that sales system before we move into the lead gen part? I think it's also important when you're thinking about the sales process to understand that your sales team is going to have lesser goals in the beginning that they will in the future. Meaning like if you're starting out, you have a goal of of a 10% conversion rate, and then you might want them to have a 20% close rate within 90 days. But it's important that you're real clear with them what your expectations and your goals are. And then also to remember that, and I think a lot of owners don't realize this, that if you've been doing the sales calls up until this point, their close rate generally will be lower than yours. And so if sometimes I meet business owners who have a real hard time with having the patience with their salespeople of trading them up. And, and losing money to train them up. So just remembering to have the patience over time to help them get their close rates higher. Got it. Perfect. All right. Awesome. I think you're 100% right. I think it's important to recognize that you as the manager or the business owner who you know knows that business inside and out is going to have a different closing ratio than a new member to the team, or maybe even people that have been there for a significant amount of time. So I think it's interesting to point that out and very very good to set expectations. So awesome. Well, listen, let's break into the lead gen side. So what's interesting is that I find that a lot of businesses operate on sort of like, you know, we talked about this even in the pre-conversation, like a hand to mouth basis, which it's like, oh, we need, you know, an extra $25,000 this month. And so let me go to my sales team or let me, you know, get on the phone myself and try to like dig up leads and dig up people that could buy from us today, or let me go out and try to find people now. And what I find is that while that may work, it's incredibly stressful. (laughs) And incredible, and it can, and there can be moments when it doesn't work, right? And you don't generate enough leads within a 30 day period to be able to pay the bills that you want to pay. And and then it ends up leading to late payments, etc. So one of the first things I recommend when it comes to lead generation is planning out six to 12 months. And I really mean six to 12 months. So if it is April right now, you are looking at what are the lead generating activities that I am doing in July, August, September, October, November, and having a plan for every single month as to what is the main activity that is going to generate leads for us. And what I recommend is that you have at least three activities planned per month that you know are going to generate leads. And so those activities are going to, for most companies, they fall into one of two categories, which is online activities and offline activities. And they also fall into consistent lead generating activities and sort of one-time lead generating activities. So if you're thinking, I could just give, so for every business, this is going to be different. And I think one of the first activities that's really imperative is that you sit down and you write down the names of your last 20 clients that have come in or your last 20 sales that have come in if you're doing products. And then you write down where did they come from? Exactly where where did this person first hear about us? 
And for some companies, it might even be worth it to go to do the last 50 or the last 100 sales and really do an analysis about where people finding us currently. And then from there, you're going to get more information about what you should be putting more time and energy into. Like I did this with a client and he didn't even realize it, but it turned out that his major sales were coming from sponsorships, like sponsoring people's events and having a table at their event. And so when he put a lot, so we decided, okay, well, if your last 10 major sales came from sponsorships, then we should double your amount of sponsorships this year. And he did that. He was able to actually, he ended up quadrupling his sales that way. So that's the first place is really stopping and asking, where are my leads coming from right now? And then assuming that you are doing that, I can also just give some ideas of what I know to be true in terms of both offline and online as good lead generating activities. Sure. That sounds good. So from an offline perspective, and when I say offline, I mean eye to eye when you're actually like out talking to people, I think that you know, by far one of the best lead generating activities is speaking. So either doing live events that you are hosting or going and speaking for other people's live events or in front of your target market, even if you're doing product sales. So a lot of people who are doing product sales say to me, but Monica, you know, like if I'm not doing a service, what am I talking about? And what's great about having a product is that you want to have like a bigger, higher mission for your product. So like what is I have a client who actually runs a gym and she runs a gym for kids of special needs. Two of her kids have autism. And so when she goes to speak, she talks about what it is to be a mom of a special needs kid and talks about that publicly and then drives all of her, all of the people back to her gym, right? Gives away free sessions at her gym, the first time at the gym and ends up driving a lot of traffic to her gym that way. So That is, And then the second piece that really goes under the offline piece is sponsorships. So sponsoring events in places where your people are going to be trafficking. I have a veterinarian who runs a multiple seven-figure veterinary practice and a veterinary hospital. And she gets a lot of new business by going to fairs and fairs in her communities and putting up a table and people about their pets. And that often brings in new customers for that as well. Perfect. So those are a couple of really good offline strategies. What about online? What's your, what are your go-to? For online, so the trick about all online work, period, for any business is understanding that your greatest asset online is a newsletter list. And so I say specifically a newsletter list, what I mean there is people that have opted in to hear from you. And Though I believe that we're collecting, though I know that we're collecting communities in lots of different ways, like you might have a tribe on Instagram, you might have a tribe in a Facebook group, you also want to have an email. The email list tribe is one of the most important ones because it's the only one you really own. Hallelujah. (laughs) If something were to happen and close your Facebook group or if something's going to happen on Instagram, you're going to lose all of those people and all of the work you put into it. So I, that's the first thing I tell companies, because I think, especially my like retail and brick and mortar companies, a lot of them are putting so much emphasis on Facebook and Instagram and not as much on their own email list and that you're putting yourself at risk that way. Yeah. It's, um, like, bu- it's like building your house on rented property, right? I mean, you know, at some point they want to take the property back and you don't own the house. 
And the other, it's totally, it's true. It's like, yeah, it's just building everything on a big risk. It's important. So it's interesting though, because it is important to have tribes in different places, to have your Instagram tribe, your LinkedIn tribe, your Facebook tribe, and to build all of the tribe. In fact, I think that's where the online world has gotten more complex for all of us who are playing in it, is that now we're building multiple tribes in multiple different places. But I think what's important is to understand that you're always leading everyone back to opt into your email list and to have a bigger email tribe. And the reason that connects to the online world is because I think one of the best tactics and strategies still to this day in the online world is doing webinars, like informational webinars for all kinds of companies. Like I have a woman who put out a clothing line and she does webinars to let everybody know about the new pieces she's putting out. What's great now with webinars is that you can put the camera on and show yourself. So it really expands your ability as a business to show people who you are, show people your products. And I still think they're very powerful. And I think they're even more powerful in industries where people aren't using them. So like really using them for places where if your competitors are not using them, the fact that you could use them is going to make you stand out. But the only thing about webinars is that you have to have a list, right? Like if you, they're not going to work if you don't actually have an online tribe in which to market the webinar to, to get them to come and watch. Yep, for sure. You're either going to have to have a social following, you're going to have to have an email list, or you're going to have to be willing to do some paid ads, right? Absolutely. Or you could do JVs, right? You could joint venture with with other people who have a list or have a following, but that gets a little bit further down the rabbit hole. So hey, listen, we got to wrap it up for today, but two last questions. Do them If we could do them rapid fire, that would be great. Yeah. Take a look inward into your business and tell me, what's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using to grow your business revenue breakthrough? So it's not a software. My favorite growth tool by far is my planner. (laughs) So I use, I use a planner called the self journal and I recommend any different kind of sort of journal esque planner. It doesn't have to be the self journal, but what I, I believe that the biggest growth comes from constant assessment and reflection. Um, And so that's really, you know, in my planner every night, I write down my three wins and I write down three lessons I learned that day. And I have had some of my biggest quarters and my biggest year, not because I'm perfect every day, but because I'm willing to change the next day based on what I learned today. And I do that every, every week as well. Love it. Very intentional self-development and personal development. So I love that. And what would be one book that maybe has had a lasting impression on you or has really helped you throughout this journey of growing your business? So... The book that I always recommend that for me has been, so I've been in business for over 15 years now. And what I found for so many of us as entrepreneurs is it can be like you're married to your business. And what I mean by that is like when the business does well, you're really happy. When the business is not doing well, you're really sad. When a a new client signs on, you get really excited. When you get the IRS bill, it's the end of the world, you know, and I, as somebody who's been on this like up and down, it gets to a point where you just get really tired of it. And you just, you know, like you start to get a greater awareness that no matter what you do, there's going to be good and bad. And so there's a book that I love that helps you to sort of lead into letting go. And it's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And I, it's all about really owning that you can, you can decide your state of being and stay in that state of being 
no matter what's happening in the world around you. And for me, that has been a life-changing realization that I wake up and decide who I'm going to be. And it's not dictated by what happens in my business or how I'm going to feel. Love it. Perfect. Well, hey, listen, Monica, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Revenue Breakthrough, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Awesome. Yeah. So a lot of people want to know more about the offline and online activities because we didn't have a lot of time to go through each one individually. And there's actually nine really awesome lead generating activities that I recommend. And so to learn more about those and to learn more about us at Revenue Breakthrough, I recommend that you pick up, uh, we have a created a free gift that goes through all of the nine revenue generating activities, how often you should be doing them and how to think about them. And it's called our done for you marketing calendar. And you can pick it up at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar, revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar. And if you want to reach out directly, if I can support you in any way in growing your business or growing your money, you can always reach out to us at support at revenuebreakthrough.com and follow us on Instagram at Revenue Breakthrough. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes. I really appreciate you being here. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.